This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. It's been good to be in church this morning. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to jump right into the message, and uh, thanks for reaching out, Dallas, and letting me know you were coming. And uh, it's always good to see friends. It's always good to, to sing. It's been like... If you've been around for the last few weeks, my sister was here. We did some Southern Gospel last night, or last week. We had the Chris or the Thanksgiving deal, and we did a little bit there and had a little fun this morning. But uh, you know what? God is good, and uh, I am excited to get into the message this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our series, uh, Examine the Heart, today. And uh, the sermon this morning is the heart of thanks. And I don't know about you, but there's several verses that often come to mind when we talk about thanksgiving and thanks, often, especially inside of the church. We go to verses like 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Or maybe we go to Philippians chapter 4, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And Psalm 107, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Ephesians 5, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father. How is it that we can live in such a manner? How is it, I was going through thinking about these thoughts, how is it that Paul could say, I have joy in tribulation? Or what about maybe it was Paul and Silas as they sat uh, chained in a in a cellar in a dungeon basically chained in prison how could they cry out and worship and praise of God how could Stephen call out and worship to God saying Lord Jesus receive my spirit and lay not this sin to their charge as he was being stoned to death how did they have the heart and the spirit to do those things Many thoughts ran through my head as I knew I was teaching on this. And some might say, well, last week was kind of the week of thanks. We should have had this sermon last week. But how, what were the, I had so many thoughts. And really the thoughts were this, why and how are we to have a heart of thanks? How in the midst of a rough week, a rough day, a rough year, can I be thankful? And as I was studying and as I was wrestling through uh, this thought of, of thanks, having a heart of thanks. It was about 12 o'clock midnight Monday evening. I was sitting at my dinner table and I was typing out a service for Gene Mason who went home to be with the Lord. And on Tuesday morning we would have a service for him right here with 50 or so people. But on Monday night at about midnight or Tuesday morning, I was sitting and I grabbed a, just going through different thoughts and going through different passages of Scripture, and 1 Corinthians 15 jumped out at me. And as I was going through this passage of Scripture, I began to read, and 1 Corinthians 15 is all about the resurrection. And in the end of that passage of Scripture, it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was like a light bulb went off in my head. How can I have thanks as a believer in all things? It's only through 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's only through and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this morning it is my desire, one, that you would know Christ and Him crucified. This morning maybe you sit here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. My prayer, my desire this whole week is that maybe there's one that doesn't know Christ. That today would be the day of salvation for you. But for believers, my prayer, my, my, my thought is this, that we would leave being charged, being amped, being excited, knowing that we can be thankful, not because it's just the good thing to do, not just because somebody has said it, not because the pastor preached a sermon that said give thanks and everything, not because of any of those things, but I can stand firm and I can know I can give thanks, not because of anything that I've done, not because that I've done a good deed or because of things or whatever it is, but I can stand firm because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do I give thanks in all things? When life isn't easy, when it's been a rough year, I've been on the other end of the phone with many of you this year, hearing tears, rushing to a hospital. You've been in my office. I've been beside you holding a hand at the bedside of your family members. And I would say what? Hey, it's going to be okay. God's got a reason. We give thanks in everything. And you look me in the eyes and many of you would say, yes, I know, Pastor. But man, it's not easy. It's not easy. And this morning, I believe with everything in me, this passage of Scripture has just its consumed me this week. That we can have the heart of thanks. We can have the heart of thanks because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's through the power of the cross and the resurrection that we can give thanks. And we must constantly be examining ourselves and be examining the resurrection. We did that last week as we partook of the, the Lord's Supper. And we, we looked at all of those things. We examined ourselves. But as we look back at the cross and look back at not just the cross, but really the cross is worthless if it weren't for the resurrection. There's a lot of people that died on one of those old rugged crosses that we sing about. There was a lot of blood shed on those crosses. The difference between my God and all of those is my God rose on the third day. There's resurrection. There's a difference. And so this morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I would encourage you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at the first few verses and then we're going to go towards the end of the passage as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to start right in verse number 1. As you turn, and the words are on the screen as well, it says this, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain." For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, in verse 4, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. If we go over to verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 
Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be, or we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore... Because of the resurrection, because of salvation, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God, I come to you this morning. Lord, I ask that your word would pierce our hearts. God, I'm begging you, if there's one that sits here today, may the mysteries that have confounded them for days and weeks and months and years, be made clear that they would know and understand the cross and the resurrection. Lord, for those that sit here that may know you as Savior, God, I pray that the the words of uh, your words, your book, your words would just pierce their hearts. God, would they come back to you. God, would they run back to you. God, would we examine our hearts today and understand and know that we have thanksgiving in you in all circumstances and all situations. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Because of the resurrection, we have an eternal change. Eternally speaking, if you all say this, if you were here on a Tuesday morning, you got like a pre-sermon of what today is. That was not the intention, but like I said, at about midnight, uh, God just really spoke to me, and I have just expounded throughout the week on what I shared on, on Tuesday morning. But eternally speaking, the corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. It says it must. That is emphatic. It must happen. There is not a question at all. We must have an eternal change in our being to eternally enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is in the resurrection that we have the opportunity for that eternal change. I said it just a moment ago. If Jesus Christ would have just went to the cross and died and never rose again, we don't have this day today. We don't have Easter. Today was almost an Easter service, really. (laughs) We sung a lot of Easter songs of the cross and the blood and the resurrection. But that's all that we have. That's all that we have. That's the joy. That's the hope. That's... Everything is because of the resurrection. It's the resurrection that we have the opportunity for that eternal change, that salvation. That is, that is we have the hope of eternity with Him in heaven, but it starts the moment that you said yes to Him. I've said it so many times in John 17 that eternal life is to know Him. And as we say yes to God and as, as He comes to, to dwell within us and we, we give Him our lives, He begins a work in us in changing us. Eternally speaking at that moment, uh, what we would say is sanctification. Justification. I lied. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. It's that justification moment that we are eternally changed. 
then the process of sanctification throughout our lives as we grow, as the Holy Spirit works in us, as we read and as we study all of those things, we have that, but it's, it's an everyday process. It's a moment of understanding God is seeking after us. That he loves you. That he gave his only son for you. It's understanding that we can't enter the kingdom as we are, but we have to come eternally changed. John, uh, in John, it says that we must have uh, been born of the spirit and the flesh. That we would have a new life. That we would be born again. That eternal change. Paul writes and challenges the people of Corinth. That it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we have the victory eternally speaking. And that happens in an eternal change. That change is happening for all of us. It happened, like I said, instantaneous once we truly come to know Christ. But there's a constant change in our bodies, in our, in our spirits as we grow in Christ. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then it says, Ye shall be my witnesses. Unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the earth. As the Spirit comes in, our desires change. Because we have changed, all of our wants internally have changed. John 16, 13, how be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into truth, into all truth. Romans 12 and verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Colossians 3 and verse 12 through 17. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, longsuffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. These things happen as we experience that transformation. That change in coming to know Christ and then walking in Him. Ultimately, as we pass on from this life, we will experience what it says in that 1 Corinthians, that in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Listen, this morning, it's one thing to know that eternally speaking, I'm in the right standing. And I pray that you are this morning. It's another thing to understand in that eternal moment, in that change internally, I don't have to live this way anymore. I don't have to wait till the day that I pass on and Jesus takes me home. I don't have to wait for that. I can know Him. As we read in all of those passages of Scripture, the Holy Spirit comes in and gives us power. The Holy Spirit would come in and guide us in truth. The Holy Spirit would allow us to put on, would to, to literally clothe ourselves in the, the, the bowels of mercies and kindness and humbleness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving. Those things don't happen 
outside of the transformation of God in and through us. Those things don't happen outside of the Holy Spirit. It says the mysteries of God. Listen, there's some of you in here this, this morning that may not have an understanding of anything that I'm saying. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody and they just look at you and they're like, that's just too good to be true. I just don't understand it. Anybody? So many people. Do you know why they don't understand it? The mysteries of God's word have not been given to them. They don't understand. These mysteries have been given. Our, our, the, maybe the veil has been taken off of our eyes. The Holy Spirit works in you to understand. As you read God's word, you begin to understand. You begin to see that and you begin to feel that. It's different. That's why sometimes we leave and we go, man, I wish they'd get it. The only way we got it was the Holy Spirit working in us. The Holy Spirit called you. And he said, hey, it's now your time. Some of you may be sitting here this morning and you feel the tug. Your stomach is turning. And you're like, I don't, I don't know why. It's just you and me right now. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit working in your life. But let me ask you this morning. Because of the resurrection, we have an eternal change. And it's in that eternal change that we can be and live thankful. I would challenge you and I would ask you, how are you doing in examining your life? Are you living a transformed life? Do you sense the Holy Spirit working in your life and guiding you in truth? Are you experiencing a life of transformation by the renewing daily of the mind that happens only in and through God's word? If we're not in God's word, that renewing is a lot more difficult. That thanksgiving, when things are horrible, is a whole lot more difficult. Because I don't really know. I know where to go, but I really don't know where to go because I don't know him the way that I ought to. See, what goes in my eyes, what goes in my ears, infiltrate my mind. And what's inside of my mind will eventually come out. Man, if this is in my mind, God's word says to think on these things. Whatsoever things are just and lovely and pure and true and all of these things. Think on these things. Where is that found? Right here. Where is that found? Inside of a building just like this. Where is that found in a life group amongst friends? Where is that found as you pick up your phone with your, with your buddy or your friend that, that you know is, is a believer that prays for you, that lifts you up, and you say, I don't know what's going on, but I need you. We can have thanks because of the resurrection. We have an eternal change. Because of the resurrection, we give thanks for victory. Verse 51, I've already said this a couple of times, but in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, or I'm sorry, behold, I show you a mystery in 51. We shall not all sleep. In our minds, a mystery is kind of like a, a movie. Or maybe it's a book. For me, I don't watch a lot of movies or read a lot of books, but we'll go with it, right? Uh, many people read mystery novels. Maybe it's Sherlock Holmes. Maybe you're more like me, it's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> but we look at that mystery. We're intrigued by what? What's all over our television for the last 15 to 20 years, what's it been? What's the, the most popular shows are what? CSI. 
They're all of these shows that engage what? It's a mystery. What's the outcome? What does it look like? What is, what's going on? And we watch them and we watch them and we watch them and we watch them. Why? Because we want to just figure out who was the bad guy, right? It's a mystery. When we look at this passage and when we look at these things, the mystery is not something of that. But in Scripture, a mystery is something our finite minds cannot comprehend outside of the Holy Spirit working in us. In simple layman's terms. I can't figure it out. It's the whole thing that God's Word says. It's the, the simple things that confound the wise. You're so smart. We're so smart, but yet we can't put our finger on that right there. It's the mystery. And without the Holy Spirit, we don't have an understanding of Christ. The gospel doesn't make sense to us. The Bible says in John 15, 16, that we didn't choose him, but he chose us. The Bible says we were dead in our sins and trespassing. That is, uh, that is no victory. There, that, that is dead. Like, like dead, dead in our sins and trespasses. That is no heartbeat. That is flatlined. That is dead. But what does it say just before that? That we were quickened, that we were brought to life. That wasn't because I did anything. That wasn't because of anything except for the resurrection. That was God working, saying to me, Aaron, as a child, he, uh, he spoke to me that I understood sin in my life. I understood my need of a Savior. I understood some of those things, and God began to work in me. And when I was dead, He quickened me. He brought me to life. He gave me victory where there was no victory. We come to the Father because He draws us to Himself. John 6, Salvation is of the Lord and without Him we don't have an understanding of the mystery. Because we were given eyes to see the mystery, we can begin to understand the victory we have in Christ. Death was swallowed up in victory. The one fear that nearly every person that walks the face of the earth has is death. Nearly every person. What is the greatest fear? Death. Because people don't know what happens. Some of you would say, no, I'm not afraid of dying. I would say, I'm not afraid of dying. But I'm not going to lie. There's a part of me, inside of me, that would say, man, I think of how. I think of all of the things that surround it. What, what does that do for my family? What does that do here? And we, we have some of those nervousness, and we have some of that uncertainty because of, what I, do I have hope in God? Yes, but... The reality is, as, as we know Christ is Savior, there's still a, a little hint of some of that. But death brings fear to most people. Here Paul writes and says, Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? The grave typically has victory over people, is the thought. I said it in the service on Tuesday morning. Satan thought he had victory. When Jesus hung upon a cross and was taken down and he was physically dead. But victory came when Jesus rose from the grave. Satan thought he had victory in many of your lives as you lie dormant, not knowing Jesus Christ as Savior until the Holy Spirit came and spoke to you and you were raised to newness in life. 
I stand and I've stood at more gravesides than I would really desire to stand at. Many of you have probably done the same. There's something to the passing of a loved one. That in the moment of service, there becomes a finality. And as you stand beside a graveside and you watch a loved one, a friend, there's a finality there. Grave, it says here. Grave, where is your victory? Today, the sting of death is sin. Sin controls and brings much pain to so many lives. Sin is evil. And though many attempt to brush it off like there isn't much to worry about, sin brings about fear of death. Sin brings death. But, for many in this room, there's a bigger picture. Is that thanks to God... We have victory. As God opened our eyes and we saw that mystery. Romans 6.14 For sin shall have not or shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Romans 8.12-17 Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die, but... If ye live, or if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. We have victory, not because of anything, and it's because of that victory we can give thanks. We have victory when we live and walk in the Spirit of God. Because of, again, the resurrection, I have victory. And when I begin to understand the victory I have in the resurrection, I can certainly be thankful for what's going on in my life. It's because of the resurrection. It's because of the eternal change that's happening in me and that that took place and is constantly happening through the sanctification as knowing God longer. It's in that resurrection that I have victory. Listen, many of you have said, this has been one of the worst years of my life. I've heard it I don't know how many times. I've seen it. I've watched it. People that sit in this room have gone through it. Listen, when I stand before you, or when you read the scriptures, and when we do these things, and we read a passage of scripture that says, give thanks in everything. And you're like, but you don't understand. I might say, honestly, I don't fully understand because I've never been there. But here's what I know. And this is hard, but here's what I know. I know that only in Christ's death and resurrection can I truly 
experience one and eternal change in my life which changes me. Have you seen the person that went from somebody who was this way, who gave their life to Jesus, and when you saw them the next time, you were literally like, who is that? We, we all know those people. Maybe you say, I don't know them, but maybe you've, you've heard the stories, you've heard the testimony, you've seen it through others, whatever it would be. That change that took place in their life gives them victory that they can be thankful in and in every other circumstance. It might be tough. I might stand here weeping. I might stand here weeping. I might stand beside you holding your hand as you say your last goodbye to a loved one. But it's only in the victory, in the resurrection, that we have the victory that we can ultimately say, you know what, God, I hurt. God, I mourn. God, I may not fully understand every piece, but I know in you I can be thankful because I know it was in the resurrection that you gave them hope, that you've given me hope, that there's something beyond today. And as we look at all of these things, we continue to read on where it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 58, it says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, listen, we can give thanks. Because of the resurrection, we have an eternal change. Because of the resurrection, we give thanks for victory. Because of the resurrection, simply this, we give thanks. But thanks be to God. In order to really go through all of this in verse 58, we'd have to go through the entire previous 57 verses, and I'm not doing that this morning. But it's because of the resurrection. Therefore, my beloved brethren, listen. Therefore, because of everything previous, and this particular passage is Speaking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, it says this. Be ye steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Because of the resurrection, we can stand firm. We can be unmovable. We can constantly continue to press on, abounding in the work of the Lord, because what I'm doing is not in vain. You've been wondering why. Why? Some of you might sit here today and you'd say, why do I continue to come to church? Why do I continue to serve in children's or nursery or cleaning on a Saturday? Or why would I spend money to go on a trip to Haiti? Or why would I give in the offering plate for, for, for some missions organization? Or why would I do this? Or why would I do that? My life has been miserable ever since I said yes to Him. Nothing has been right in my life. Why would I continue? Here's what I would say. God's Word says, in the resurrection we have hope. God's Word says, because of the resurrection, therefore, thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. You have victory. You have won. You have won. We've been given victory. We've been given power over death. We have power over the Holy Spirit because of the victory, because of the resurrection, because the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within us. Because of all of those things, it says, therefore, stand firm. Don't stop. 
Listen, you can't stop now because it's been a rough month. You have victory. Why do I live as if I'm defeated? Listen, I said it just a moment ago. That doesn't mean I don't cry. That doesn't mean I don't weep. That doesn't mean I just I don't sit and say, God, I really don't understand why now. It doesn't mean that. But I can stand and say, God, I may not fully grasp it, but I know in your son who lived perfect, who hung upon a cross, he rose three days later. And because of his resurrection, because he rose three days later, I have victory. Because he rose three days later, I can stand on my two feet. And I can I cannot be certain of a lot of things, but I can be certain that God, you are just. God, you are sovereign. God, you have a big picture of plan. And I'm in the midst of it. And for whatever reason, this is what you're allowing me to go through. And God, today, I'm going to stand in the midst of prison chained up to Silas, and I'm going to sing out, oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I'm going to scream out how great God is, even though Paul was chained in the midst of a dungeon. That's how he can do it. That's how you can stand beside a graveside and weep, but yet be so thankful because God gave you an amazing gift of that individual. That is how we can stand when we've lost our job and we're like, God, I have no idea what's going on, but I know that I've been reading in your word. I know that I've been following you and I know you've changed me. I know that you've got something for me. And today I stand firm because I know the resurrection has given me victory and I know there's going to be victory over this job. I know there's going to be victory over whatever it is today. Not because it's going to be perfect but because the power of the resurrection has given us victory. It has allowed us to overcome. I can stand firm. I can be unmovable. I can constantly be faithfully serving Him because I know none of it's in vain. I don't have to sit and go, God, I don't. I'm just done. I'm done. Life's been bad. I'm done. I have four children All of them have done that at different times. I'm taking your toy. What do they do? Ah! Life fell apart. They're ready to be done. As adults, we lose people. Our finances aren't what we thought they would be. Life hasn't panned out the way we thought it would be. We do the exact same thing. God, why would you take my toy? That was my favorite toy. That was the one that was everything to me. God, I don't like you anymore. Our kids do it. We get frustrated. Don't go in your room and shut the door. That's kind of what we do. We go in our room and we shut the door and we pout and we say, but God... You took my favorite toy. God says, no. Stand firm. Stand firm. Continue to move on. Listen, if what you do as a believer isn't in vain, press on. Press on. As we 
examine our heart. As we look back at the the resurrection, as we look back at everything that God has for us, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of pain, I can say, God, I hurt. God, I hurt. I don't fully understand. But I know in the resurrection, you've given me hope. You've conquered every issue that I've ever faced. And God, now I don't know how, but I'm going to cling to you like I've never clung before. Because I believe in you. I believe that you're powerful. I believe that the resurrection conquered the sin and the death and gives me victory. And today, I can stand up. And I can say, Satan, not today. Not today. Because God's got a plan for me. God's got a plan to me. Listen this morning. I'm not asking you to yield your life to Aaron Flanagan, to Oasis Baptist Church. I'm asking you, would you yield your life to Christ? I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you in the word of God. Man, you need that walk with him that's going to take you through. And I've said this many times. I've said it many times. That I don't serve you. I don't serve you. I serve God. And in serving God, I get to serve you. And what a joy that it is. It's the same for you this morning. As you walk in Christ, as you gain victory in God, and we begin to understand that it's the resurrection that gives us victory, it's the resurrection that's all of these things, and I can be thankful. Listen, when you begin to serve me, you won't be thankful. You won't. You won't be thankful. When you come to church because your friend told you to come to church for a long time, you won't be thankful. It'll come a time when things are going to go rough and you're going to say, they didn't do enough for me. Because it's about him, not about me. And as you begin to serve him, it's a joy to serve others. Because that's what he allows us to do. And we can be so thankful. There's so many different things that can go through this morning, but I pray and I challenge you this morning. Our labor is not in vain in serving Him. This morning, this message really in some regard has been a lot of an Easter type of a service. But I believe that it's the resurrection that gives us any form of hope It gives me victory. It allows me to be thankful. And this morning I can't help but think that there's many people in here today, some of which I've known, some of which I've never seen before. And I would ask you the question, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you have victory because of the resurrection today? And there's not a doubt in your mind that you've come to that place where you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.
If you don't, let me, let me beg you, let me challenge you. Don't leave today without knowing him. Don't leave today without having that victory firm and complete in your life. Believer this morning, are you living a transformed life? Are you living a life of victory? Are you living a life that in everything we can give thanks because of the resurrection? Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church?